Welcome back to the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. Uh, I am here with Liam and Annette, two people I deeply respect, deeply care for, um, have had the joy of laboring alongside of as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, You guys want to say hi? Yeah, what's up? Hi there. Uh, Annette, we're so happy you're here. Um, (laughs) I just have to make this point that Liam, I asked him, hey, who do you want? to have on the podcast with you. And he said, Annette Gordon, I must have Annette. I wasn't going to tell Annette that. Yeah, and that's okay. I told her already, don't you so worry. So honored, so uh, honored. Yeah, so I <laughs> am so excited uh, to be with these brothers and sisters in Jesus, um, talking about God's heart and how he is searching for us. In in this sermon series, we talked about Mary and Martha. And so we're going to hop right in with a sermon recap. And so before we do, does anyone have any fun facts they want to share about themselves? It's okay if you don't. Liam, any fun facts? Fun facts. Yeah, facts that are I, fun I no about longer you. eat a box of cereal a day. Oh. Now eat a box of cereal a day or half a quiche a day for breakfast. Half wow. a quiche? Yeah. From I, where? I, I make them. Oh, I love quiche. From scratch? Well, you, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but if we talk more about this, we're going to waste the time of the podcast. Totally, <laughs> totally. Okay. Annette, any fun facts? Fun facts. I don't know. I'm crazy busy all the time. Yeah. Uh, fun facts. Uh, raising, a kid the in, raising the nations. Raising the nations. A kid in <laughs> high school. Uh, one in middle school and a little one in uh, elementary. Love it. So it's 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 a uh, crazy days. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Oh, that's so good. All right, Annette, hit us with the recap of the text that we talked about today. Okay, so this story, one of my favorites, uh, John eleven, is about Lazarus being raised from the dead by the power of Jesus's word, Ooh. and Mary and Martha, his sisters, being so sad at his death. And approaching Jesus in different ways at different times, Mary runs out of the Martha runs out of the house and goes to Jesus first, and then Mary she goes back to her sister Mary and then tells her to go to Jesus, and Jesus just gives them exactly what they need. Mm. That's so. so good. That's so good. And this is like a heart wrenching passage. Like you're seeing two sisters mourning someone that they love, um, and we see other places this like relationship they have with Jesus, and there's almost like this like sweetness like this intimacy of this relationship that you don't always see with other disciples that are not in the 12 that you do uniquely see in the relationship between mary martha and lazarus and i always thought that was like really fascinating like they weren't one of the 12 um, disciples listed but there's this sweetness of like jesus knew them and loved them and stayed at their house and cared for them that i always thought was like just like really impactful um i would love to start just with annette tell me like what was one of your biggest takeaways in the midst of this uh this sermon uh, I love the fact that the takeaways pastor said, bring your things to Jesus, bring everything, bring your suffering to Jesus, and that God designed suffering to bring us to Christ. And I, as a believer who God came and chased down and dragged mm-hmm. back to the fold, <laughs> that every piece of suffering that he designed for me is to bring me to be closer to him. Mm-hmm. Because I feel myself straying every day, you know, fall off the wagon or you know, and just always feel like I'm not serving as much as I should, not doing what I should for my family. And just, you know, for God, Jesus, every single day that he brings me back to himself. And he sends suffering my way, you know, normal things, ordinary things, relational things. Mm-hmm. But he just, you know, is showing me that he is constant through it all and that he, I'm satisfied in Jesus mm-hmm. because he proves himself to me every morning when I read his word and every time I pray. Yeah, that's so good. What do you think some of the challenges you experience in trying to bring your suffering to Jesus? Uh, always, always reminding myself, or not, not me reminding myself, it's the Holy Spirit nudging me to say when I want to be type A personality and just jump in and fix everything, you know, being a mom, being a wife, being a grandma, 
you know, taking care of kids, teaching, whatever. Fix this, fix that immediately, get it done. And the Holy yeah. Spirit just says, it's not you, it's me. I'm working through you. So bring it to me, leave it at Jesus's feet. And I'm so tempted all the time to grab it and bring it back up. And then he reminds me, just leave it there. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I want you to move and do. And sometimes I just want you to wait Yeah. for me to do the work through somebody else or at another time yeah. or later. And whatever it is, if I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, if I'm plugged into him by reading his word at my quiet in the morning or my quiet at night before I fall asleep, the more I read his word, the more plugged in I am and the more I can listen to that still small voice mm. say either wait or go or, you know, just wait for my next command. Yeah. You know, I've thought about this a decent amount. So suffering. Hit us with it, brother. Yeah. We didn't talk about this in the prep. That's okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> there, you see suffering in others. You see families that suffer, for example. And some families, there'll be a tragedy in the family, like a child will die. And that family will collapse like a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. The parents will get divorced. The kids will hate everyone else. And the family is over. And then there are other families where tragedy will strike, similar tragedy. And that family will grow closer. Mm-hmm. You see similar things with like a elderly parent. It gets very ill. And then the siblings have to take care of the parent and they become super bitter towards each other. And there's this long legal battle over who gets what in the settlements. And then other families, they are like, well, we were estranged, but now we're closer. Through this suffering, Mm. we've become closer. And my family has had its share of suffering. I have a sister, Caitlin, who was very ill. And when she got ill, our family was very joyful. My mother was like, I want us to continue to be a family of joy. Mm. And... I think our family's still very close, but I look at people who suffer and struggle and I think what what separates those that grow bitter and those that thrive in the suffering, those that mm. become greater so that a, 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 when the next heavier burden comes, not just your child gets ill, your child actually dies, mm. they're, they are stronger, more prepared for it. What do you ladies think? I think it's the power of God and his word. I mean, I think that with all the suffering that I go through, you know, which is less than many other people's, but still, you know, quite challenging. Quite real. Yes. I think that if God is there in my heart, I can see the difference even between myself and other family members. And we're going through the same things, Mm -hmm. but they're so stressed out and they're so burdened. And I'm like, okay, but God has always seen us through. Yeah. You know, there's always more months than you know than the money at the end of the month there's always you know we i was we, like i was like Annette, i am not following you and i was like oh there is more month than money got it absolutely Paychecks, got it I'm here. yep i mean we either spend the stuff that god gives us and don't do right by it and so we're left scrambling at the end of the month or you know somebody's always sick or somebody's whatever always in need, yeah. always in need. so you know, God has always seen us through. As a family, I can say that, honestly, no matter what we're going through. So many of us were non-believers, mm-hmm. you know, and whether it's through myself and my prayers or just whatever God's trying to pull people to him, not trying, but he does. Mm-hmm. He's pulling people to himself through our suffering. Some of us see it. Some of us don't. Yeah. I saw it. He dragged me by the collar. He brought me back. And I'm praying that everybody else will be brought back. Yeah. And I think he keeps us strong like the Bible tells us in, you know, in the New Testament that through one believer in the family, he keeps, you know, that spouse, he, he sanctifies the rest of the yeah. family. You know, he sanctifies the estranged husband or wife or the children. 
And so I believe that God's power, and of course, if you have two believers raising kids, I just think it's double. Yeah. You know, and any kids that are saved also, it's triple. Mm -hmm. So God's power, if you lean into him and sink into him, I believe that he keeps those people together mm -hmm. as opposed to everybody who just flies off and goes out into space. Yeah. And I think it's the, it's the same, though, of like the people who like sink or swim, meaning like in situations like who sink or swim. I think some of it is like God's like will and heart in their life, meaning like he they're able to recognize that like this is God reaching out to them rather than turning their hearts and believing God's punishing them through this. Like I think there's mm -hmm. there's like false beliefs that come in in the midst of suffering. And I've had extensive conversations with different people in different amounts of suffering and then being like, why is God punishing me? And I'm like, everything was poured out on Jesus. Like there's suffering in this world, like Pastor Brennan said, because there's sin in this world. Like we're like Amen. Satan is the prince of the power of the air here. And like God is coming, like he will punish all suffering. Like he will, he will pour out his wrath on this earth and judge every deed. Like when I see horrible things happening in the world, I find such peace and that he'll judge. Cause you, cause you have hope. Yes. Cause I'm a, Absolutely. I'm a person of hope that says, man, there's nothing that can't bring me closer to Jesus. There's nothing that I think. And I think families that gear together, they say like, the real sustenance of us is actually that we love each other. Absolutely. It's actual love. So I, like if we're, if we're comparing family to people who view suffering in the midst of their lives, it's the people that the, the, the sustenance of us, the quiet moments when we're actually pursuing Jesus and nobody's watching, that's the real bedrock. Or if we love Jesus, like what people accuse Job of, like, like, like Satan accused Job of um, the messenger. The messenger like <laughs> accused Job to say like, he's only, he only loves you because you bless him. And that's true of some people. And suffering actually shows what's behind people. Do they only love God because there's blessing? Meaning like it's culturally cool to love Jesus or kind of love Jesus. When like we all know there's nothing cool about loving Jesus. <laughs> like there's never anything nope. cool that's happened that I'm like, man, I just have so much social clout because <laughs> I, I love God. Like within church you do. Like there's a sweetness of church of like you're encouraged by others' faith. Like I love Annette because I see Jesus in Annette. And I love Liam because I see Jesus in Liam. So because we're believers, we enjoy that. But the world is like kind of too intense for me. It's just something <laughs> you're kind of a lot. And, and that's because they don't know what to do with joy, with hope, with peace, with real joy, real hope, real peace that's found in saying, Man, like everything is in Jesus. Yep. He's the only one who can meet me Yes, in this. And I think that's like the point you're making of like, while we may not be suffering, it's important that we recognize like what's the sustenance of our faith? Is it a belief that Jesus is worth everything so that when everything's taken away, it's like, well, it's yours anyway. Because that's what that's like what Job was navigating through of like, he can give and he can take away. Well, that's, that's what's kind of cool about, the, Job's story is really tough. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a little and it's I, not as simple. I fear I pulled us a little bit away from the story. Of That's Mary okay. Martha. But with Job, it's everything was taken away, and yet he persevered. Yeah, or like Paul says, when when I I'm I am content when I have or when I have not. Yeah. Um. So if someone can be content when they have not, when they have, can they still be content? It's not necessarily true. Yeah. Um. And in this conversation, we're seeing people who come with their doubts. And they still turn to Jesus, meaning like they're coming. They may have like a, they have like a question of Jesus that we don't really see Job ask in this initially. Like if we're paralleling their kind of issues with suffering, they're in this like momentary and they're like, I don't get it. This don't make sense why you did this. You could have done something else. 
but but they go to Jesus. But they go to Jesus with it, meaning like they're not saying like we hate you, we hate you for doing this. They're asking why, but they still want him. Right. And I think that's important, meaning like God's not upset. Right. That they're asking why he'll answer us with truth, but he's saying like. Don't bring your question somewhere else. Well, let's let's talk about his response a little bit mm-hmm. because that was interesting to me. Yeah. Hit us with it, brother. In I'm a vice principal. And in my Woo-woo. role, there are regularly people that come to me with various problems or they come to me without a problem and then I tell them, you have a problem because you did this bad thing and now I'm going to create a problem for you. And <laughs> I'm your problem. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the problem that's going to make your life worse. And... I would like to console these people or often I'll call a family and like, Hey, your kid is struggling with the tones. Like, well, here's our very long sob story where they actually cry for however long they cry. Mm. And what I would like is if there was X plus Y equals this response. Okay. I have a problem with a family that Mm. their kid has a problem with tenants. This is my solution. Okay. I have a problem with a parent who has a kid who's struggling with substance abuse and the parent Every time I tell them their kid's getting like another detention, they're like, oh, please solve my problem or uh, whatever problem. I have a problem with mm. the, um, and P, anything. I would like to have a spreadsheet with responses built in. And <laughs> Formula. That would be just yeah. way more convenient and what I would like to be the case. And yeah. when I look at Jesus's response, these are two women who are sisters. So they're coming from a similar background. They have the same exact problem. They are coming to the same exact God. And they are mm. presenting to them the same problem. And yet he gives them different responses. And I'm like, oh, shucks. That is not <laughs> wh- how I would prefer for him to respond. Because what he's saying is a perfect response is a personalized response. Because mm. we have a personalized God. Mm. And um, yeah, how does that affect the way you both respond to people who are suffering? Mm. Yeah, um, I remember that reminds me of Proverbs, you know, the verses that say... Respond to a fool in his folly because whatever the reasons are. And then the very next verse is respond not to a fool in his folly according to, yeah. you know, because yeah. whatever the answer might be. Yeah. So in the same way, I guess God is calling us to be intuitive, maybe. He's calling us mm-hmm. to lean more into him and remember whatever he says in his word, maybe go to the word. I mean, in your job, of course, being in education, it's... You know, with how to apply it from your mind. Scripture. People oh, relax. you do. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, didn't get fired yet. <laughs> Not today. Yeah, Amen. But that's 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 such a blessing. But in order to remembering, like I just remembered whatever from Proverbs, if we can remember what God says about this situation or that situation, whatever the Holy Spirit brings to our mind, maybe at that point, mm-hmm. and then we answer it that way. I tend to be type A personality, so I jump right off the bat and I want yeah. to fix something. Yeah. She's a solver. She's yes. a mover, she's a shaker, she's a solver. So it, the Holy Spirit sometimes has to shut me down. Mm. You know, you can't fix this one. Just sit and relax, get help yeah. from somebody else, get help from the professionals or, yeah. you know, just say nothing, do nothing. Yeah. Let them figure it out on their own. Yeah. So there is no formula for helping and helping the suffering. Um, of course, as a mama, you know, if it comes to me and from the children, it's, you know, you go into mama mode and you're yeah. kind of, you know. Trying to protect them, trying to, yeah. Yes. Now they're teenagers. There's stuff I can't fix. Yeah. I do have to go. You know, I have to get more help from my husband. I have to go to the professionals. I have to get help from school or counselors or whatever. And yeah, absolutely from God's word. First of all, that's where I take them always to God's word. What does God say about this situation? You know, yes, you're suffering. 
you know, let's fix that top layer mm -hmm. and then go deeper to did we cause any of the suffering? Can we fix some of it? And mm -hmm. then maybe we won't have additional layers on top. Yeah, that's so good. So, so good. I think one of the things, like you said, like it is this invitation to lean like into the Holy Spirit and to say like, do I seek out God's truth and God's heart for people and learn in his words how to apply it to care for them and to point them to him? Um, and I was thinking about Jesus and it says like he did what the father did and he said, what, like, he didn't do anything the father didn't ask him to do. He didn't say anything the father didn't ask him to say. Amen. And so like Jesus, we know receives the Holy Spirit at his baptism and is modeling to us that what we do is we, we follow, we follow God's heart and we connected to God's heart. And so this is like this beautiful illustration. Obviously Jesus is God. Not saying he's not, um, but I would say like this beautiful picture of like he knew his heart and the father's heart for these women was to be like specific in how he responded to them. And like you're saying like this like beautiful point of like we don't have a spreadsheet. We don't have like this easy breezy beautiful cover girl response. Yeah. Well, on that, I want have another thought that I hit me with it. This one I did enjoy though. So he responds to them both differently. And then the end result is the same. He raises their brother from the dead. Get out. And there are spectators present. Mm -hmm. So there are some, many, it says, many Jews who saw and believed. Mm -hmm. And then there were others that saw and reported him to the Pharisees. <laughs> it, says, it says, but others. So it implying they did not believe and reported to the Pharisees. So they would have looked at what he did in perfect action, separate two perfect actions, and thought, mm-mm. He didn't handle that right. He should have handled it a different way. Something fishy about this. <laughs> yeah. And there are occasions where you may, you have children or friends, and you'll respond to them in a way that you believe was just and compassionate. And it was, you gave the best you had to offer. Mm. And then someone else will look at that and be like, mm, that was not right. You should, mm -mm, not right. I'm going to, I'm going to tell other people what a fool you were for raising Lazarus from the dead. Mm. And it's like, don't don't pay those people no mind, because they may they may be right, but just as equally they could be wrong. If you were sincerely led by the Spirit mm -hmm. and acting selflessly, then it it was effective. Yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't rest on you. Yeah, that's so good. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Um, yeah, yeah. I think there's something like really beautiful that happens in just like seeing this like personal aspect of Jesus. And his like angry crying <laughs> for for Mary and Lazarus, and it it does feel disconnected when you think of like everything Jesus is capable of doing. Right. Um, we we don't think of Jesus as a crier. No, no. But like it's like beautiful to see this like picture of like you're grateful mm -hmm. that like the gospel gives us this picture. Like God, John's gospel gives us this picture to say, man, I get to see like a little bit behind the curtain of the humanity right. of Jesus when I'm so mm -hmm. constantly seeing his divinity. Yes, when I'm absolutely. seeing his miracles, like when that's being so highlighted, like um, it's like beautiful to just see like like when he went to bed, <laughs> like like things like that to be like I was I was talking to someone today, being like we have a high priest who sympathizes like with our weakness and being like oh man, I look at Jesus and I don't think this is a moment of weakness for him, but I'm like so grateful he's not weak, but his sympathy towards us and I think I'm so grateful that I can lean on him and say like I need you, like I need you to weep with me because I just am I'm done. Like I need you to, I need you to hold me because I am like so, I'm in so much pain because the situation and knowing like 
He was there, present, embodied. Yeah. Loving these two women. Knowing he's going to do a miracle. Could have just showed up. Rise. Didn't. Yeah. Like chose, chose this way. Chose to step into their suffering. Could have made it easier on himself. Not stepped into their suffering. Solved their problem. Yep. But actually stepped into their suffering. And then in this time, like he doesn't always all the time, solved their problem of suffering. Even though Lazarus will die again. Yeah, Lazarus dies again. Yes. <laughs> Worth yes. pointing out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two deaths. <laughs> Two um, first deaths. Yeah, t- <laughs> which is crazy. Um, and like there's something beautiful in that of saying like he steps in with us, mourns alongside of us, yeah. hates death, hates hates the cause of death. Um, and I think that's, that's super fascinating. Um, one point that I thought was like really interesting and I'm curious, do you guys find that when you're trying to talk to people about Jesus, suffering is like a flag they throw up absolutely all the yes. time to be like, yes. God can't be real. They're suffering. Mm-hmm. Like, is that a conversation you feel like you're having pretty often? Yes. Yes. Um, grown people and young people, because, you know, as you guys know, I'm raising three grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're with me because, you know, something happened with their parents. Mm. So that's one of the things that they suffer through. If God loves me, why do I have to live with my grandparents? Mm. Why didn't he, you know, make sure that, you know, Mm. my parents were taking care of me or whatever. No, so it's, you know, beyond, okay, we love you very much. So at your time of need, we came in to help. God put you in our laps and we love you. Mm. So of course we're taking care of you. But in their individual hearts, it's, uh, I think, every child's greatest hope is that they would be with their biological mothers and fathers so of course any child who's not that's a crisis and a trauma right there there's pain and you have to deal with that and go through it and I can't always help them with that except to point them to Jesus and to tell them that this is where they want you to be right now Mm. and so you know the question comes up every so often every you know we're roller coasters so sometimes we're fine Mm -hmm. sometimes we're not again so but I always have to point them back to the Lord I don't know the answers to that one yeah. other than I'm here because he wants me to be here yeah. and you're here because he wants, he wants you to be here. Yeah. So let's make the best of it. Let's love him through all of this yeah. and let's see what happens afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. What about you, Liam? No, honestly, people, I, I don't find that people often complain to me because they don't think I'll be very receptive. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's not my evangelism experience. But tell me about that. I do think of James one, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Heaven Lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And then there's mm-hmm. in I want to say Matthew, where God is saying, Knock and our God gives our father gives good gifts. Mm-hmm. It, who like mm-hmm. what father, if his son asks for bread, is gonna give him a stone mm-hmm. or a snake? How much better our heavenly father? So um what I find more common necessarily that people suffering is is like people will do great things or they'll do something they think is great and they'll be like yeah i earned this Mm. and and god didn't give this to me because you know what god gave to me god gave me this bad thing in life (laughs) but i i made this of myself Mm. i'm self-made and i'm like really you're self-made you got hired you didn't create that company (laughs) um and um that's what i see so I'll I'll remind people in those settings, like, hey, you you didn't earn this. You don't mm. deserve this. The fact, I, I, honestly, I'm surprised they hired you because you're not, you said before, earlier in the conversation, you weren't capable of this job. Mm. And they're like, well, yeah, but I, I'm going to do a great job. Of course, because God is, God is gracious mm. and he's allowed you to do great. Um, 
Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's the same side of the other coin. Yeah. It's like a lack of recognition of God's relationship to what's happening on either side. So one's a lack of recognition that God could care about us if suffering's happening. And the other one's a lack of recognition that God that God's giving gifts when they're taking credit for themselves. So no matter what they're they're choosing where they're placing God in the situation to whatever gives them the opportunity to deny him. Well, it's kind of like it, Paul says, and I referenced it earlier, I, I'm content when I have nothing. I'm content when I'm hungry. I'm content when I'm full. And mm-hmm. people hear them, they're like, oh, of course you're content when you're full. When you're content <laughs> when you're hungry, that's hard. Yeah. But I live in America and my cultural circles, everyone is full. Yeah. Are you content when you're full? And people are like, of course you're content with full. That's not what I see. Yeah. I see a lot of full people that struggle with gluttony. Yes. Both physically and mm-hmm. emotionally, spiritually. socially, spiritually, more so than anything else. Mm. They are full and yet they are starving. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. For something That's real. True. Like, and I think that what is beautiful about suffering is it clears the table because there's almost this reckoning. That yeah. happens in us. And it says the only things that matter are what are here. Yeah. So that's, that's, pe- yeah. that's where the search comes in, right? So even if we're full, we're still searching because we're still hungry. There's actually a Bob Marley song. My belly, <laughs> my belly is full, but I'm hungry. Yeah. Because I might be full physically, but I need something else. I need that spiritual Bob Marley. Uh, Marley coming in hot. <laughs> a prophet. A prophet. Um, I think there's like this beautiful aspect that like, what we're meant to be hungry for is God's righteousness. Amen. Um, and I was like, there was this guy on Facebook and he was saying, my favorite posture is to be energetic and to be hungry. I mean, he like drinks a ton of caffeine and he doesn't, he doesn't eat a lot. And like he eats one meal a day and he drinks all this caffeine. I'm not recommending this in any way, but it was this <laughs> fascinating, like I was listening to this man talk and I was like, man, like I want to be hungry for heaven. And I would be hungry for God's heart in a way that I'm not letting this world numb me. Meaning like we're content. Like Paul is saying like the things that I need to feast on, I feast on in heaven. I want his presence. I want his power and I want his work so that no matter, even if I have a full belly, that's still what I want. And even if I have an empty belly, it's still what I want. Like this like singular of mind. And that like, I feel like we've been coming back to this conversation to say like, what's the substance of you? So that when the wind and the waves come, are we yelling out mad that they're coming? Or are we trusting like, he's got a plan. He's got, a, I can trust the person of Jesus. Or when the family member dies or when sickness comes or when all these things come is the substance in us. I know God's good even when I don't see it. Tragedy strikes. Where do you go? Yeah. 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 And this invitation to say, God's reaching his hand out saying, come. Yep. I know my redeemer lives. He lives and he will see me through everything. Yeah, that's so good. Well, friends, it has been a joy to have this conversation. I would love for us to pray um, for our listeners, just that they would bring everything, including their suffering, to the feet of Jesus and to say, I trust that you're going to teach me how to love you in the midst of this, how to walk with you in the midst of this, and how to be faithful with you in the midst of this. Because that's what we want. We want believers who are committed to saying, Regardless of life's circumstances, I actually put my full faith in Jesus, believing that he's enough, believing he meets me in the midst of every circumstance I'm in. So Liam, will you bat us off and then will you take us home in it? Amen. Mighty King, thank you for letting us come together and worship you, speak about your glory, hear your stories of how you have 
comforted Mary and Martha, raised their brother from the dead, how you comfort us. You are the resurrection and the life. Let us bring our suffering to you, our pains, our losses, and our victories. Let us bring everything to you because it is all, it is all yours. And all of it, it's all, it's all on loan to us. You're just lending this to us so that we can be closer to you. Mm. And all of this, you be glorified. Mm. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the privilege that you've given us to have these days called the Lord's Day on a Sunday where we can come and just worship you and just sink into your word and be fed by Pastor Brennan and whoever takes the pulpit. We thank you for these wonderful words that you have in John chapter 11 that tells us the story of Mary and Martha suffering through the loss of their brother. And Lord, we thank you that they give us the example of coming to you, Lord, one in frustration and the other one in just total fealty falling at your feet. Mm. And Lord, may wherever we find ourselves right now, Lord, whether we're angry at you or whether we're just totally, totally distraught and, mm. and seeking you, wherever it is, Lord, we ask you to lead your Holy Spirit to, to take our hearts and to lead us to your feet, yes, Jesus. to your cross, Lord Jesus, where we can lay all our burdens down knowing as believers that we know that you're going to take care of us, that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And Lord, we thank you for calling calling us to your purpose. And for those who are not yet believers, Lord, we pray that their suffering will also bring them to, the, to, your, mm -hmm. to you, that they will feel that nudge by the Holy Spirit to come to find you, that little verse they heard in Sunday school or, or whoever's talking to them about you, that, Lord, they will just turn to you and, and, and pray to you and beg you for your mercy, and, Lord, that you would save their souls and show you that, that you love them and that you will save them from the sin and the death and the hell, and you'll give them constant, constant peace and joy in you, and we all will be satisfied in you. In your holy name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Friends, it's been such a joy uh, to get to talk to you guys. Um, listeners, we are so grateful that you guys take the time of the day to listen. If this has been an encouragement to you, I'd ask that you'd share this episode with someone who you think might need to hear it. And we'd ask that you subscribe so that you can get a notification every time we have a new episode. Thank you so much for your time. And we pray that God walks with you and shows you how good he is. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>